It's on the rise with Benny. And today I am joined by a rising artist and kind of just an all around rock star, to be honest with you, Austin Snell. He has over 80 million career streams. He's opened up for people. I mean, you may know these guys, Nickelback, Willie Nelson. He actually signed a record deal um, and he had his grand old Opry debut in 2023. And not only is he an artist, but he also served in the U.S. Air Force. So, Austin, welcome to On the Rise. What's up? Big year. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. So, Austin, just to kind of start off, your journey has been pretty different than a lot of Nashville artists. Can you tell us a little bit about that, about yourself, what your journeys looked like, and how you got started in music? Yeah, it's a, it's a long one. Um, I always tell people that I've, I think I've always been drawn to music. I just didn't know I was. Um I mean, from like in a super early age, like in school, I was telling somebody about this the other day and I was like, I always like was that kid in school that like had this little like favorite part in a song or like a guitar riff that was super cool or a lyric, like it was just like one line and like I would freak out over these like little small details and songs. And I thought everybody was that way. So I would just like tell my friends about it and they would just be like, I mean, yeah, it's cool, you know, and so I guess from like an early age, I kind of knew that like I definitely felt different about music than than just, you know, my peers around me and stuff. So, um, yeah, I always just listened. I was always listening to music in, in some form or fashion. And um, I kind of carried that over my whole life. And uh, I graduated in 2016 and went to the military um, from I'm from Dublin, Georgia, but I kind of have lived everywhere. Um, I graduated from Kentucky. Um, we moved my sophomore year. And uh, graduated from out there, then went straight to the Air Force. And that's kind of where I ended up finding music, I guess, and, and me playing music. Um, I was literally, like I was telling you earlier, it was kind of out of boredom. Um, I was in training uh, before I got my actual duty station, which was in California. But I was in uh, Charleston, South Carolina at the time, and I was in training. And literally all we were doing is going to class during the day and learning about our job. And I would come home and like have to find a way to entertain myself. And I've always been kind of a night owl. So I was up really late at late one night and I was watching a YouTube video of Ed Sheeran play like this loop pedal with his little like miniature, like Martin guitar that he's like known for. And I remember thinking that that was like the coolest thing in the world. And mind you, we weren't getting paid a lot at this point in my military career. Like I was just yeah. starting out and like we had housing paid for cause we were in training and like we had food paid for. So I was getting maybe $400 every two weeks, um, to live off of. Wow. And so I literally woke up the next morning after seeing that video and I think I probably had $350 in my account and spent every dime of it on the same Martin guitar that he had in the video. And, uh, was just wanting to be Ed Sheeran, you know, at the time. And like, I just learned a bunch of covers and um, I would send covers to my mom that I learned for the day. And she would say that's good when it probably wasn't. It was probably horrible at the time. Oh, how the and, moms uh, are, you know, they tell us, oh, they, they, yeah, they tell us what we want. I know it. I know. And this, in this story, as the story unfolds, like it's like, it all kind of revolves around my mom, really. Um, but she like convinced me to like post a cover online. Like at the time, it was just Facebook and Instagram. Um, she's like, you should post these for your Papa Wayne to see and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, Papa Wayne don't care about me learning this cover. And, uh, so anyway, she ended up talking to me, talking me into posting it. And, uh, so that's kind of what I did because people liked it, um, enough to keep listening. And so I did that on my free time. If I wasn't at work, I was learning a song and that transformed into me getting bored with that and just starting to write my own stuff. Um, 
And so that's what I did. Like if I wasn't working, I was writing. And if I wasn't writing, I was posting what I was writing. So um, around that time is when TikTok came around and it kind of blew up. And so that's what I was doing. I was just I was just posting videos of what I had written that day. Um, most of them at the time weren't very good, but uh, I built a little bit of a following on TikTok. And so um, ended up having like a conversation with my mom. And this was closer to like the end of my enlistment uh, about what I was going to do when I got out. And I was like, I really don't know what I would want to do other than like music. And completely thinking that she would be like, you probably need to get out and get a job and like find something to, to actually make money. Um, she like fully supported it. I mean, she like fully supported my music from like the jump. And she was like, if that's what you want to do, honey, like you need to go to Nashville and try it. And so honestly, like I look back and like I said, like it kind of all revolves around her. Like honestly, looking back, if she would have like told me any other way, like I've always listened to my mom and like for advice and stuff. And so if she would have like steered me a different direction or not supported that or not wanted me to, you know, go out on a limb, which that's exactly what it is. You know, anybody jumping into music knows that, you know, it's definitely a risk. Um, I probably wouldn't have done it. And so uh, I got out of the Air Force in 2020. Um, oh, so you were, you were right. You you started on TikTok when everyone kind of, when there was that that big TikTok pop off with yeah, like all those yeah. artists. And really like right before it, like I was kind of just, I saw it like, I saw other people doing like the music thing on TikTok and it hadn't really popped off really. Um, but I was on it kind of early. And so I had built kind of like a following on there um, through that. But yeah, I got out in 2020, which was like kind of on the back end of like the whole, the whole COVID thing. Um, and so I got out and moved back to Georgia, which was where my family moved back to while I was in the Air Force. Um, moved back there for a year and uh, moved to Nashville in 2022. But um I'd actually, so this is a crazy, crazy story, and it still is, like, so baffling to me the way that it worked out. But So I signed a lease with two random guys to move to Nashville. It was literally off of, like, an app that, like, for roommates. It was, like, Tinder for roommates. Oh, wow. And so I, like, swiped on these roommates, and I was like, these are two random guys. And so I signed a lease with them, which was probably not very smart. Um, but signed a lease and was supposed to move – um, and then I was heavily in the gym at the time. Like I was working out a lot. And, uh, the crazy part is, is I, so I thought that I'd slipped the disc in my back from doing deadlifts in the gym and I just found this lease. And, uh, so I went and got checked out and they found a tumor in my back, um, like in my spinal column, like under my spine. And so, I, like I said, I just found this oh, lease with these wow. two random guys and was bound to this lease. And now I had to have surgery and like a bunch of like, you know, research done on like what they found in my back and stuff to make sure it wasn't like cancers or whatever, but ended up having the surgery and I like had to call these guys and be like, Hey, like I'll pay what I can, but like, obviously I'm not working right now. And like, I can do what I can, but I'm not gonna be able to pay rent. And they yeah. were like, could have completely like not knowing me, you know, like we had never really met. They could have just been like, no dude, like, <laughs> like oh, wow. figure it out. But um, they were like, no, we'll cover your side of the rent um, until you can make it. Oh. And literally had this back surgery um, in February of 22 and got healed up and moved to Nashville um, in May, which is the craziest thing. And to add to the story, this is a long story. I apologize. No, but. no. I think this is really, it shows people my main thing. You know, I don't want to hear the same, the same thing over, you know, yeah. this is, unique to you and this is what people want to hear right right um 
so it was like everything was telling me not to like do it you know it was like something was telling me not to move like to move and try this and everything and like even the day that we packed up and left like i had had like a 2011 silverado that i bought from california and drove all the way to georgia and so it was ragged out and like was on its last leg and me and my mom struck off of the u-haul trailer behind it to go to nashville and move and on the way there my transmission went completely out and had to have it repaired on the road um everything that was day telling that we moved. Me not and so to. like i literally like we were driving there and i told my mom like she was sitting right next to me i was like it's like something's telling me not to move up here and like something like doesn't feel right about this and like again like she convinced me to like just try it and like let's power through it and get up here and like let's just get here first and foremost and just you know figure out the rest afterwards and we did and uh yeah, we ended up getting here in, in May and um, ended up signing my publishing deal in October, I believe, of the same year, and then signed my record deal um, at the beginning of last year. So That's fast. How does one prepare for such a sharp <clears throat> change of events in their life like that? Yeah, I've had to learn a lot for sure over the last year. Um, it's been, and I prefer to learn that way anyway. Like, I prefer to have to just figure things out. Um but yeah, I, I remember writing, we wrote Excuse the Mess, which is the first song that, you know, I put out and released um, with a couple of buddies of mine that I met when I moved here. Uh, and we thought it was cool, but I posted it like, you know, every other song on TikTok and just to see and um, the story's out there now. So I just, I tell it, but uh, Bailey Zimmerman, after that video popped off, wanted to cut that song and put it on his record that he just, the, the religiously album. And uh, he wanted me to cut is that like, and you. Yeah, he wanted to record it and put it out. And obviously me as like a new, you know, person in Nashville um, to get that call, you know, that's you're a hard one. Like, to, you're like, crap. Yeah. And so I even I mean, I talked to other people about it and they're like, dude, just take the take the cut, you know, as a songwriter and like marry yourself to that and like get cemented as a songwriter and then you can make the switch whenever you're ready and like again like i called my mom and told her about this he's like don't like, don't do I know, it i know it's so crazy and like oh like, this I mama her, I, like, I know and i told her i was like i could i could get this like cut as a songwriter and it could be huge and like i could make a lot of money and i was like or like i know i want to be an artist at some point and like this song feels special to me I could just put it out and see what happens. But obviously there's a huge risk involved in that, you know, because you don't know, like there's a for sure. And then there's a route like that. You don't, you have no clue what the outcome is. And she's like, just follow your gut, you know, whatever you feel like you want to do. And like, if, if you, if you like the song and you want to do it for yourself and do it. And so I ended up recording it and uh, it led to my publishing deal and my record deal and led to the year that we had last year. Oh my gosh, Austin, what? This just keeps getting better. So for all you guys, for everyone who doesn't really know kind of Austin's style, (laughs) he has this very like grunge rock, but it's country. It has depth, but it has this like darkness. I I don't know how else to describe it. Kind of this darkness and, and shadow on it. Where did you get this edge from? Like, what is that just, how did you come into this sound? Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, like I said, I grew up, you know, listening to a lot of music and my dad uh, was a huge like grunge rock fan. Um, he listened to a lot of like the old rock. Like, I mean, he listened to classic rock, too, but um, 
I guess grunge rock would be considered yeah. classic rock at this point, yeah. right? But uh, he was a huge, like, Three Doors Down fan and Nickelback, and he loved, like, Nirvana and that kind of stuff. And so that's, like, the music I grew up on, and that's, like, kind of the first, you know, sounds that I heard as a kid and, like, what I was listening to. So, um, I mean, when it came time for me to – and my mom was a huge country fan, so, like, I was raised on both of them. And uh, so when it came time for me to do my own thing and, like, I, you know, I would said to myself when I moved here is, like, I wouldn't – you know, I wasn't going to release anything as an artist until I knew that I had my sound. Um, just because I feel like a lot of people in Nashville, they just chase yes. what the sound is, you know, at the time. The more, for example, the Morgan Wallen, it's like you now you have now you have 50, 50 guys trying to match this exact sound. Yeah. It's already done. You have right. to be yeah. unique in that. Right. And so I just I mean, I just thought that, you know, and it didn't take very long for me to notice that trend in Nashville, you know, Um that people are just chasing like what's big right now. And I knew that I didn't want to do that. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that once I, you know, decided that I wanted to put music out, I wanted to have what I could call my sound. And I feel like I've done that and uh, I'm just building off of that and still doing it. But um, as far as the songwriting goes, like I'm not like the most talkative person in the world. Like I'm, I don't like being like, which is kind of weird that I ended up doing music and like being on stage for a living is like, I'm not like, I don't, like love being the center of attention. Like I'm not, I'm just not that guy. Um, and so I feel like songwriting, you know, when I first started was just me being able to get those emotions out and it sounds cliche, but like, it was just like, I guess my form of therapy, you know, in a way. And like the things that I wouldn't, you know, walk up to some random person on the street and, and strike up a conversation about, you know, um, I was getting those emotions out. Yeah, absolutely. And like I was, I was getting that out you know, as a songwriter. So that's probably where the more real and darker side of, of the sound probably comes from just because, you know, it's I not like it's, talking about it. I mean, it's not that surface level stuff. It's truly the stuff that comes from inside of you that how do you, how do you sit, tell that stuff with someone? I, I always think music says what words can't. And when you Absolutely. turn something, when you turn something into a song, it, it totally takes on a whole, like the whole thing inside of you becomes that that's like I don't know it's very it's very cool how music can do that um, yeah, absolutely. so you also just recently this past year did your first headlining tour what mm -hmm. was that like and what what was that experience like it was scary honestly it was it was so <laughs> I was so are you like out. oh is anyone even going to show up to the shows yeah, what's going exactly. on like I mean we had done like the the big opener shows last year and like you know, by the time the headline tour came around, like we had played for Jelly Roll and like we had done shows with Keith Urban and, and Willie Nelson. And um, the first tour that I was on was with Warren. Um, oh. And so uh, we had did the big opener stuff. And like that was like, you know, definitely a learning curve. But at the same time, like you knew people were going to show up. You, you go know, like you go you from knew. playing these shows to these. Play yeah. Playing to. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I would walk out for the Jelly Roll show. And that was, I think, the most people we played <laughs> for last year was like 15,000 people. <laughs> and uh it was cool and it was nerve-wracking but same time like it was just so much different than having to do your own headline thing and like worry like if people were gonna buy tickets and like I told my team like just leading up to the the headline tour it was like I don't want to know like I don't I don't want to know if there's like you know 20 people coming to the show or not like I'd rather just like prepare for like the best and um we did and that's what we did and so we we ended up doing the headline tour and like I think we sold out like four shows oh wow um and uh yeah it was insane it was cool and it was cool for different reasons you know it was cool that like 
I got to play a show for for people that came to see like what we were gonna do, you know. Yeah, and they were there for the, you. Yeah, whereas before, like you're the only person between these people and who they actually bought tickets to come see, and it's yep. like this weird little, you know, vibe of like I don't know if these people like mess with what we're doing or like if they are they even listening. Anything. Yeah, and so yeah, it was it was definitely cool. It was it was super cool to to see that and to see these people that you know have related and just to hear people's stories like after like I go out to the merch table like after every show and uh meet anybody that stands in line to meet me and just to hear these people's stories and like to actually like know that people are listening to the words and like actually relate to it and um can feel something from 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 what I'm doing so yeah it was just all around crazy yeah. So guys, uh, for everybody listening. So this, this tour, it was the muddy water rockstar tour, which came, he, he had released his EP. Um, and the, I actually first heard of you Austin because of your song pray all the way home. I remember I was driving back to Nashville one night and I was, I always listen to the country risers playlist. I, cause I like to hear the new stuff. I don't want to hear the same today's country over right. and over. And I was like, who's this Austin Snell guy? I'm like, well, this is, this is, this is unique. This is interesting. Yeah. Um, but what, what's the backstory on this EP and kind of the muddy water rock star? Where did, where'd that come from? Yeah. So um, the EP really, I mean, there wasn't, I've always been a big fan of like conceptual albums, like something that you can listen all the way through and, and hear like, like a story unfold but this ep was really just a mixture of like my favorite songs that i had at the time and it was the stuff that you know and it may be weird but i listened to my own music a lot uh but it was just the songs that like i had just fell in love with over you know last year and um we just put them all together for an ep and then muddy water rockstar came about because we were, <laughs> we were in the writing room and i was just kind of telling these guys like my story because they were just as confused as i was about like you know, how this country rock thing can actually be a thing. And like, they were asking about it. And I was like, it's pretty simple, really. You know, I was raised on like country and rock music. And so when it came time, you know, for me to do my thing, I just married the two together. It just made the most sense for me. And like, we ended up just writing a song about it that day. And, you know, thankfully it ended up being the, yeah, the, title, crazy. the, the tour, the EP and everything. <laughs> and it's kind of just been like a persona that like I've just had to like, you know, live in you know because it just explains me i think the best and um yeah it's just and then we named the tour after it and did the whole thing and uh it was great that's awesome so you actually have a brand new song coming on february 23rd it's called everybody's friend um i've listened to a little bit of this like your teasers you posted it's very like chills you know you you know that like it, it it's very, I feel like everybody will be able to relate to it in some way. What, just to kind of give them a teaser of what, what that's, what to expect with that. What is it? Yeah, it's my take on, you know, putting something out that um, I feel very closely to. Uh, I mean, in, in my head, you know, and people are going to take it however they want, which I think is the great thing about music is you can take it however, you know, you want to receive it. Um, but my take on it is just mental health and um, really just how, you know, I think the worst part about, you know, struggle and mental health and depression and anxiety is a lot of the times you feel like you're the only one that feels that way, you know, and like nobody can relate to how you're feeling. And so maybe that's why you don't reach out to people and you don't want to have those conversations with people because um, 
there's no way that they can relate to how you're feeling. And, and the song for me just kind of says that and makes it okay to, to feel the way that you feel and to know that, you know, I think one of the greatest things that you can feel in those parts of your life and like the, the struggle is to know that somebody else has felt that way before. Um, and so that's what the song's about. It's just about, you know, being able to relate to people and just to, you know, a message out there for people that are going through something to know that, you know, there's been people that have been through the same thing. There's people that have been through way worse. Um, and you just never know until you open up about it. So. Yeah. Wow. That's I'll awesome. I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear that one. I think it'll connect to everybody <clears> in a different way. Uh, but coming off of this 2023, just whirlwind that you've had from touring, I mean, from signing Grand Ole Opry, I mean, all of this stuff and you're coming into 2024 and you actually mentioned you're going out on tour this year, a full tour with someone. Yes, ma'am. Who yes, is ma that? It's going to be a hard year to top. <laughs> last year but um <laughs> we have a huge year coming up um we're releasing a lot of new music and we're starting off with the chase matthews tour um okay that starts on the 29th uh we're doing part of his tour and then festivals this year and then we're going on the jason aldean tour in uh in july and we're doing all 36 shows with that man you guys heard that all 36 shows i well i expect you guys to to come support austin because i mean that's and they're doing it in a van okay he needs you guys there <laughs> he's going in a van yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna need some help on that one for sure uh yeah i don't know how we're gonna keep up with buses but we'll we'll, we'll get there eventually you know oh maybe just maybe a little just just a little bit longer. Um, who yeah. who would you say your dream artist to tour with is? Um, you have one. Can you pick one? Yeah, I think uh, I think Post Malone would be crazy. Um, and I don't want to do it on a country tour. Like I know that he's coming yeah. to the country side of things, and like he's like you know making a country album and releasing these country that rock songs, star wanna, kind of side. I want to do it on his side of things and like go on like, like a pop, like rock, <laughs> like with just a little bit that of country. That would be tour. sick. Um, and if not that, you know, just tell him to, just tell him to hop on a song, you know, that'd be fine too. But um, So I always ask every artist that I interview this um, at the end, just you, it's very clear, you know, you, you have, you write and you release a lot of stuff that I think a lot of people can relate to and feel like they're not alone, but what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone? Maybe it's a kid in the back of their mom's car listening and, you know, and they want to do something, but they're not sure about it. Like what, what would you say to somebody who's starting out and trying to do something they love? Yeah. I would say that um, there's never a green light, you know, you know, it's never going to be the perfect, you know, time to do it or like you're never going to get that, you know, feeling of like, oh, this is the perfect time to go and chase my dream. Um, at least that's not what I've experienced, you know, in life. I know that some people may, you know, but for me, at least I've never gotten, you know, any anything that's been, you know, worthwhile in my life. I've had to I've had to make a risk to do it. Um, and just moving to Nashville in general was just a massive risk. And like, I didn't know it was going to come out of that. Um, nor was it the perfect time for me to do it. You know, I just come off of this back surgery and like, I had a piece of crap truck that, you know, barely made it here. Um, and so, you know, the cards aren't going to always like lay perfectly. You're just going to have to yeah. make it work. And um, yeah, I guess that there's just never going to be a green light. I always say that when, 
when you're the most uncomfortable is when the greatest things happen. When you are the most like terrified, fear, that's where you need to go right there because that's what's going to change your life. Yep. That's where you do the most growing, I think. Yeah. It's when you're uncomfortable. But Austin, thank you so much for coming on with me just to talk about all of this. I mean, from a small town kid in Georgia to sharing stages with these artists that you have, it's really inspiring. But guys, also, Austin is going to be right here in Illinois in June performing at Tailgates and Tall Boys. So make sure you guys get your tickets to that. Now we're going to be giving away some tickets. So just keep listening all throughout this spring. We're going to be doing a bunch of giveaways. So make sure you guys get to see Austin perform. Come on, but make sure you guys are following along his journey, all his socials and keep up with all the cool things he's doing. And Austin, honestly, I'm not just saying this, but your story is very, very inspiring. And I think thank you. I appreciate it. Everybody listening can agree on that. So to top this off, I'm going to be playing Austin's hit pray all the way home right here on, on the rise. Let me know what you guys think. Me and God are a little tighter than you might think I talk to him all the time, he knows that I drink a drink Get lost to get found It won't work forever, but it isn't working for now I empty the bottle and empty my soul I sleep with the devil and I wake up alone Kicking myself while I pick up my clothes I make the same mistakes and I pray on the way home Yeah, I dive into the deep end of every vice like I got a lifeline and She's gotta be the worst one She drives me insane but She's fired my lungs And sometimes I think I don't wanna be safe With the devil and I wake up alone Kicking myself while I pick up my clothes I make the same mistakes and I pray God are a little tighter than you might think And I talk to him all the time Empty the bottle and empty my soul I sleep with the devil and I wake up alone Kicking myself while I pick up my clothes I make the same mistakes and I pray Same mistakes and I pray.